Church, we're so glad that you are here. Gabriella is uh, uh, just visiting her uh, parents back in Louisville this weekend, and I appreciate our team, as always, um, filling in and doing uh, all that they can to help lead us here. Uh, if you have your sermon page in the bulletin, that might be of help to you. You'll, you may have looked at the title and been like, that was the title last week. And I'm not doing the old Chuck Thomas thing where he just kept preaching the same sermon until people actually started obeying it, although it's not a bad idea. Um, I, I just messed up and forgot to change the title. But we actually are moving on to a new passage. But I do hope that uh, after we leave here, like we said last week, the main event is not here. The main event is when we leave these doors. And so this is a time for God to transform us and to change us and to help us encourage one another. But it begins when we actually start living it uh, as we leave here. And so uh, we're going to be in, in the book of Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you might want to go ahead and turn those there. And we're glad to have kids in with us this morning. And I know that there's a page that you can kind of follow along as well. And this sermon is for adults, for kids, for everyone. Um, it's for all of us because God's word has application for all of us. So I need to tell you about a new policy, though, at Highland Park. This begins next week um, from now on. Um, uh, for you to be able to enter the building on Sundays, you have to pay, at least give a dollar. And for you to come into the worship center, $10. You get a chair if you give at least $100 every week. For $1,000, we're going to have a special massage chair right down here. $10,000 gifts, you get a little floaty with lemonade in the baptistry. And you just float around during my sermon back here. Okay, that's not the new policy, and you know that would be wrong if a church had a policy, right? You know, you would feel really bad about that, because when we give, whether it be money or our time or our prayers, it's not to try to impress people. When we give, it's because we love God. God loves us, and that changes us, and that's really kind of the message, but we want to kind of dive down into, like, how do we do that? And there's an answer. There's a, there's a thought that we can have that will really help us understand how do I give in the right way? How do I pray in the right way, the way that God wants me to? And so I want to tell you what that thought is as we kind of move through the sermon today. But I want to just begin by looking at this text in Matthew chapter 6. What we're going to do is look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and then we're going to move over uh, to verses 16 through 18. And some of this overlaps with what we're going to be talking about next week with prayer and fasting as well. Um, and so it, it overlaps a little bit, but we'll say some of that for next week. So here we go, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus preaching here on the Sermon on the Mount. Some more stuff that makes us kind of feel like everything is upside down. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others in order to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now skipping down to verse 16. When you fast... 
Do not look somber like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, so you can kind of tell that there's some stuff going on here, that there were some people who when they gave, they were making a big deal about it. Now, we don't think that they were actually blowing trumpets when they gave their, their offering, um, but Jesus is saying this to kind of be funny. It's almost like if when we, when we did our time of giving, if you got out a big stack of money and you like stood up on your chair and you were like making it rain, you know, dollar bills into the tray as it went by and you were making a big deal and, and had a lot of change and made it rattle all in there and, and, and making that, or, or um, if, if you were at a restaurant today and it was t- you were gonna pray for your food, if you <coughs> cleared your throat and you got everyone's attention and you just made this big prayer with all these fancy words so that everyone heard you. That's kind of what was going on here. These people, they weren't actually giving because their hearts were good. They were giving to impress everyone. And, and so that people would think, oh, look how good they are. Oh, ooh, listen to their fancy prayers. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not how you're supposed to do things. You're, you're supposed to do good things in secret. Here's what we usually do, right? We usually try to do bad things in secret. Confession time. Uh, a group of Highland Park guys uh, leads uh, a club, kind of an in-school club uh, at the Hoover Elementary. And on Friday, I was showing up to volunteer with the guys, and I had a very simple job. All I needed to do was to bring a 1,000 pennies. Unfortunately, when I looked at my text message, I only saw 100 pennies. And so we were going to do like this project with the kids with putting pennies into boats to see how many pennies you could uh, put in there before your boat sank into the bottom. And that was kind of this thing. So it really, we needed pennies. And by the time we realized my 900 penny mistake, we had like a minute or two before it started. So the guys were just going to kind of make stuff up and ad lib and try to keep the attention of 18 boys while I ran as fast as I could to go get the pennies. And so I was driving down Yale to the bank. 36th Street is where the bank is I needed to go to. And there was a stoplight. It was red. There was like three or four cars in front of me. And I'm thinking, I'm almost here. And I'm waiting on the red light. And then I looked up, and I was like, oh, no. There's construction on 36th Street. And it said, road closed. I could not turn right to get into the bank. And the bank was like right there. And I thought, oh, there's that... that a church parking lot up there. I could cut through that, and I looked up. It was all closed off. And I was like, I'm going to have to drive in this like, big old massive circle. By the time I get there, like, it's going to be too late. And so this is what I did, because my wife wasn't with me. <laughs> I looked. I didn't see any police officers. And I turned right and went up over this little hill and right into the parking lot. That was not a good thing to do. Teenagers who are driving, don't do that. I went really slow, and it wasn't soggy. I didn't mess up the grass, thankfully. But I went over the curb, you know, in my Subaru, and into the parking lot. And all for the kids, right? Um, (laughs) And then I was like, well, I got to hurry inside and get these pennies. And I was like, I got to hurry. And my first thought was, I'm going to go in and say, hey, give me all the pennies you've got. And then I thought, no, (laughs) you can't do that at a bank, because it sounds like you're the weirdest bank robber ever, like, 
I want all your pennies and nothing else. So I was like, I, I got to go in calm. You know, I don't want to make anybody scared. So I went in, and I was like, hey, here's $10. Can you give me $10 worth of pennies? And the lady was actually really excited to do that, and she did. And, uh, and I made it back in time, and we got to do all of that. All, I, I say all that to tell you is children and adults have this inclination to do bad things in secret. We don't want people to see, you know, what we're getting away with sometimes. And, and sometimes we want the good things we do, we want everyone to notice. I was coaching um, uh, my daughter's basketball team, second and third graders, yesterday. And a boy on our team made a really great pass. And we were really cheering for him and clapping for him. And when he came back by, though, he did not look at me. He looked at his dad. I noticed that. Why? Because he loves his dad. He wanted to make sure his dad saw him do that good play, right? We've seen kids do this. And you never really even outgrow that. You always want approval from other people. And what that boy did was awesome. It was wonderful. The problem is that sometimes we only do good things so that other people will notice instead of just doing the good thing because God wants us to. So I've got some questions uh, on that sermon page that we're going to ask in a couple different ways today. But here's a question. Am I doing the good thing, the, the good things for which I was created? Think about this. Think that God pulls out his little clipboard with your name on it today, and he has a list of good things that he has in mind for you to do today. Ephesians 2.10. He created you for good works that he prepared in advance. Isn't that amazing? That, that he actually uh, has an idea, some stuff for you to do. In, and the question is, are you going to do that or not? Isn't that amazing to think about? You know, maybe he has it in mind for you to put your phone down while you're in line at the store so you can talk to somebody. Or maybe he has in mind for you to call somebody or to go check on your neighbor or to play a game with your kid and talk to them. I'm not sure what he has in mind for you, but God has these good ideas for you. And it's amazing. We need to ask, am I going to do them? Am I going to be aware of them? This last last week, I got a chance to go to the preaching teaching convention at Ozark Christian College in Joplin, which was really great. And uh, my friend Chris got to go and present a workshop with me. We're going to do the same workshop here in a few weeks. Um, that helps parents kind of deal with technology uh, at being a parent and handling all of the tech stuff uh, that can be a danger to kids sometimes. And so we did this workshop, and it went really well as far as I know, but I was really sick. And so I was trying to pretend like I wasn't sick, but about halfway through the workshop, it was kind of like my mind said, hey, body, you can stay here, but I'm just going to kind of start wandering around over here a little bit. <laughs> and it was like, like that really weird experience of where you don't feel quite right, and your mind is kind of like just spinning around the room, even though your body is right here leading a workshop. I'm not sure what I said, but I think Chris said some really good stuff. And at the end of the workshop, there was a a mom who came, and she was almost in tears. She was so thankful. And this this helped me. This helped us so much. I really needed this. And then the next day, um, I saw a guy that came, and uh, he said, hey, my, my wife was at this workshop that you did, and it was so helpful for our family. We had these questions, and it's going to really help us. And I thought, you know what? When God pulled out Chris's little worksheet that day on Tuesday, 
leading this workshop was on there, and Chris did that. It was a good thing that he could do, and a lot of days before that, he spent time preparing for that. And so God has good things for you to do as well in advance. Next question, am I praying and fasting? Are you doing that? Because Jesus indicates that we do that. That's one of the things we do if we follow Jesus. We're going to talk about that a lot more next week. Third question, are my motives pure? In other words, if I'm doing good things, is it for the right reason? Or am I trying to be tricky and just make others think that I'm really good? Or am I seeking the approval of God or of others? And so how do you know all of these things? And here's the big answer for the day. If you miss everything else, don't miss this. God is with you. God is with you. And if you understand that you are in God's presence, you'll get all of these things correct. Hey, Jonas, I'm hearing weird noises on my mic. Do you want me to switch mics? Okay. Are you all hearing that or is it just me? Okay. I thought maybe I was having one of those weird experiences again. Let me grab this table so I can put my Bible on it. All right, sorry. I kind of sounded like a high-pitched Darth Vader there for a second. Okay, so the big idea for today, God's presence. God is with you. He's with you. And so... Uh, if we look at the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 is really about kind of the character of the Christian is described at this deep, deep heart level. And chapter 6 is all about God's presence. All through chapter 6 as we go, we're going to see God's presence, God's presence, God's presence changes your life. And, and chapter 7 is really about how we live under God, under his judgment and, and this healthy, loving fear of God. Who here has an Apple Watch or a Fitbit? Anybody? A bunch of you, okay? Now, here's something I, I want to just tease you a little bit because I've heard you do something. I've heard, I've heard when you have gone for like a walk or exercised a whole bunch and you've gotten back and then you realized, oh, I didn't have my Fitbit on. And you're like, ah, oh, I walked all that way for nothing. <laughs> you've done that, haven't you? I've heard it. In my own family, I've heard that. And I always tease. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't count. You didn't burn any calories. You didn't get a healthier heart. Nothing. Because uh, you didn't have your Fitbit on. It did not record those steps. But Jesus says, when you do good things and I'm with you, it counts. It always counts. When I'm with you, when you do them for me, you don't need anybody else watching or anybody recording or keeping score. I can be I am with you, and it always counts then. Okay, so I want to, to kind of show you a little bit of how we can do this. And I have a couple people who are going to help me. So if Victoria and Ian can come up on stage with me. And um, Ian, can you bring that chair with you? Come on up here. All right. I, I, I just want to kind of show you something. Um, to, to kind of help you understand this. But, Victoria, you, what did you tell, you want to tell everybody what you did this week? Where'd you go? I went to Superstart. Which is this awesome thing for kids that some of our students went to. 
um, and got to learn about God, got to hear about how you have a story, right? God's given everyone a story. That was a big thing. Okay, very awesome. And this is Ian, who is a freshman where? At Ozark Christian College. All right. And uh, is loves children's ministry and it vol- actually got to volunteer help this week, right? So are you tired or was it easy? Somewhere in between. Okay, yes. <laughs> All right. So I want to ask those three questions again that we just asked a second ago, but kind of just picturing this. Okay, you're us. You're everyone. You're just, you are a human being made by God, okay? But Ian is going to play the role of the Holy Spirit. So that is God, his presence with us, okay? So question number one was, um, am I doing the things that God has for me? And if we ask that question, then we ask some other questions, such as, how do I know what good things to do? So come over here with me, Victoria, and just if you were going through life and you were thinking, what good stuff should I do, and you realized God is with me, you would look at God, you would, and, and God at that point might do one of these things, like, he might give you like a little, God usually doesn't shove us, he can, if he wants to, okay, it's his role, um, but he might be like, Psst, that chair needs moved, and you, you'd be like, oh, it, oh, okay, and then you might go take this chair and move it, or, or he, you know, probably would say something like, hey, your friend over there sitting by themselves, or hey, um, you haven't read your Bible in a while, maybe you could read it for a little while, but when we realize God is with us, then we look to God, which really means that we're quiet for a moment. We realize, oh, God, you're with me. And as soon as we say, oh, God, you're with me, then God begins to nudge us and say, think about this. Think about this. So see how God's presence kind of answers that question, helps us to know. But along with that, maybe maybe God says, hey, I need you to do this. And you're like, whoa, that's like a big deal. I don't know that I can do that. And God's like, yeah, but. Victoria, I need you to pick that chair up and put it over your head. You're going to try? Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do it all by yourself. Ready? Go. Oh, look, you did it. Very good. Okay, you can put it down. Very good. Okay, now here's the thing. I told you to do it all by yourself. But if you realize God is with you, can you do anything by yourself? You tried, but he like stepped right in and helped you. That's exactly what God does. See, you can't actually do something by yourself when you recognize God's presence. Now, if you're like, I don't, I I think I'm by myself. I don't need God. I don't want God. Then we end up in a lot of trouble. We end up dropping chairs on our head all day or worse in life, right? Dropping friendships and dropping things that really matter. But when God is with us, he actually helps us do things that we could never do on our own because we're not on our own. God's presence is with us. So that's that second question of um, am I praying and fasting? And fasting is like when you do without something, so that you can really pray and talk to God and focus on him. We'll talk more about that next week. But if, 
if you and Ian, here, stand by each other. If you and the Holy Spirit were walking uh, and spending the day together, it would be really weird if you, like, clogged, like plugged your ears and would just went like, blah, 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 so you couldn't hear anything he said. That would be weird, right? And very rude as well. And it would be really strange if the Holy Spirit asked you a question and you never responded. That would just be strange. So the question of, am I praying? I'll ask you, are you in God's presence? Because the moment you recognize you're in God's presence, you're going to start praying. You're going to be talking to God and listening to God. And so God's presence helps us understand, oh, I'm with God. I can pray to him like right now. I can pray to him throughout my day. I know somebody who prays when they drive to work every day, turn off the radio, turn everything, and that's their time of prayer. That's awesome. They might even pretend like he's you know, sitting right there with them. He is with them. I know people who get up early and pray before their kids get up and it gets loud. I know people who pray maybe during a lunchtime where they have real, that, that time of prayer. But then those same people also pray throughout the rest of their day. Just as stuff is happening. Why? Because God's right there. And so here's the last question that we asked was, how can I make sure that my motives are pure? Like, so if God needs you to move all of the chairs, um, you know, because we're setting up for VBS or something like that, and we're like, okay, I want to do this, but I want to make sure that I'm not just doing it to show off to because all these people were watching. Then again, are you going to feel very good about showing off if you realize that God is with you? Because in reality, like, I mean, Ian's taller than you, but like to God, it's kind of like we're the, like this little, little, bitty little thing. And there's God <laughs> who made the whole world. I don't think like the little itty bitty is going to be like, Hey, look at me move these chairs. And I know you made the world and everything, but I can move this little chair. We're not going to show off to try to show off to God, are we? That's kind of silly. And so when we realize we're in God's presence, then we can do things in the right motive. We're not going to show off to anybody. We're just going to be thankful that God is with us. Does that make sense? So God's presence helps us do the right things, helps us know what to do, helps us pray in that, and helps us do them with the right motives. God's presence does all of that. Okay, you guys give them a hand. Thank you all. You can have a seat. Thank you. There's a quote that goes like this. The theater of God is in the hidden corners. Ooh. That, that God has his chair set up watching what is happening in secret. And he wants to be with you in everything you do so you recognize nothing is actually in secret. In Matthew chapter 25, there's this incredible story that Jesus tells, this parable. And he says, it's kind of like everybody's kind of lined up waiting for judgment. And and God, as the judge, is saying, yeah, you here, you, mm-mm, there. Yes, you, well done, good and faithful servant here, you, mm-mm. And the people are saying, well, well why, why did some go here and some go here? And, and Jesus says, well, whenever I was hungry, you fed me. And when I, when I needed clothes, you clothed me and um, when I need someone to visit me, 
prison. You came and visited me. And the people are like, Jesus thinks and all, but I, I actually don't remember ever feeding you. I don't remember ever handing you a coat. What, like, I did that? And Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Hmm. And so is Jesus saying the way that we get to heaven is to give a coat to someone who's cold? That's not the way we get to heaven. No, no. God's grace allows us. But Jesus is saying that if you believe that God loves you, then your life gets changed. And you do things to honor him. And you do things even for the least of these. If you give a coat to someone who's cold, who's in downtown Tulsa today, you, you, you stop by and you give them a coat and you talk to them and you care for them and you give them a hug and nobody else watches, what have you just done? You've, as Jesus would say, given coat to the least of these. Not because that person is insignificant, they're not. They're very significant. But because that person isn't gonna say, thank you, let me give you $100 for this. That person probably isn't going to go on YouTube and make a video about how wonderful you are. That person isn't going to write a big newspaper story about how great you are. The idea is that we give and we care for people and we love, not because we get a reward, but because how we treat those people is actually how we treat Jesus. And in the secret where nobody even sees it, all the better. Now, if you go and do something good today, and you go and you care for your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor's been sick and you make them soup and you take it over there. And your other neighbor happens to like always look out the curtains and is always watching. You have some neighbors like that. You are that neighbor. And, and they're like, ooh, what? Uh, I, I, I saw you do a good thing. And they, and they tell you later, hey, I saw you take, take soup over to the neighbor. That was really nice. Does that mean that it was a bad thing that you did because somebody saw it? No. It doesn't at all. Remember, in fact, Jesus said just a chapter earlier, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and give praise to your Father in heaven. You know, you're the light of the world. So what does Jesus mean by all of this? The idea is we do good things because we love Jesus. We do good things because we are in his presence. If people notice, okay, but we never try to make everybody notice. It's never, that's never the reason that we do things. If people hear us prayer, uh, pray, I, we want people to pray. And publicly, we, we ask people to pray. That's a good thing. But we don't, st we don't ask someone to pray so that they can impress anybody. So it's all the motivation. Again, as we keep looking at this sermon, it's about the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. It keeps going back to that. If you remember in the book of Daniel, uh, they caught him because they had made it illegal to pray. But they caught him praying. It was in his, in his own room. You know, the doors were closed. He'd kind of followed God's uh, teaching here even before Jesus had said it. But he was praying to God secretly, not to impress anybody else. So God cares about our hearts. And our hearts will be in the right place if we can just really, really understand that God is with us. The Holy Spirit is with you. You are not alone. You go home, maybe, and you'll go home, and there won't be anybody else in your house. The Holy Spirit is with you. 
You go for a walk today, the Holy Spirit is with you. You're at school in a big room, but no one is paying attention to you. The Holy Spirit is with you. God's presence is with you. This morning, we want to give you just a couple of ideas. Because we thought about, like, well, how can, how can I do something good today? What would God even want to say to me? Well, I believe if we are just kind of quiet, then God will begin to speak to us. And I think he might say something like, Invite someone uh, to, to have dinner with you. Maybe somebody that you haven't even thought about before. Maybe God's going to say something like, go, go rake your neighbor's leaves. It's, there's a lot of leaves over there. Maybe he's going to say something like, call this person. You haven't called and checked on them. Just call them and ask them how they're doing. Care for them. Maybe um, he's going to have you take care of somebody in your family. Maybe he's going to have you... Um, uh, mark on your card, I, I want to find a place to start serving regularly at the church or with the church, whether it be here or somewhere else with the church. I, I don't know how God might do that, but I think it's going to be different for everybody, maybe the same for a few. And, and that's the beautiful thing that God does. So this morning, we just want to give you a reflection time, this kind of time of silence. Now, I know in our culture, we don't have silence very often, and that's one of the habits we want to help you build here. So we just want to give you some times of quiet here, where just for a couple, couple minutes, I want you to just be silent and to pray and to ask God, what do you want me to do today? I know you got a list. What do you want me to do today? And maybe even what do you want me to do this week? I know you have a list. So I just want to be quiet and listen to what those things might be. And, and if you'll give me some of those ideas, God, I'm going to do my best to do them, and I'm going to do my best to not make it about me. I'm going to make it about you. I'm not going to tell everybody about it. I'm not going to go on social media and tell everybody all the good, wonderful things I did. It's just going to be a little secret, and if somebody finds out, fine, but we just want to give you some time, and so this is for adults, for kids, everyone here. I'm just going to ask you to spend a couple of quiet moments just praying, God, what do you want me to do, and uh, He's with you right now, and he'll give you some of those ideas. And so we just encourage you to, to let, him, let him speak to you, okay?
We're going to sing a couple songs in a moment. And while we do, if you want to just continue seated where you are, thinking and praying, that's okay. Um, if you would like to stand and sing with us, and we invite you to do that as well. If, if you would like somebody to pray for you, we'll have some folks kind of up in either front corner that would be glad to just pray with you, to pray with your family. Um, even during these songs, we'd be glad just to kind of pull you aside and pray with you and visit with you. Um, so we, we want you just to take advantage of these moments to, to either sing or to continue praying and seeing how God leads and directs you. But we know that God is with you. He loves you. He cares for you. If, if you would, uh, would like to stand, if you would stand and let me pray for us and lead us into this time. God, we, we thank you for your love for us and your care for us. We thank you that you speak to us and in these quiet moments, you are here. The music plays, you are here. And for anyone who's never um, come to know you, we pray that today they would even begin seeking you, even asking, um, maybe even during these songs, they'll walk up front and say, I, tell somebody, I, I wanna get to know Jesus. And um, God, we just pray that you would work in all of our hearts, however you best see fit this morning. In Jesus' name.